0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? Doing good, good to see you. All right, we're switching it up today, all right? So fist bump somebody near you, say it's a switch up. It's a switch up, we're switching it up. We're gonna do the offering and the announcements at the end of of the service uh, today, and you'll see why in a few moments. But right now, would you please help me welcome all of our locations as well as those watching online? We know that uh, this is officially the first weekend of summer. School is out, and uh, yeah, that's right. That's right, we're gonna have a great summer here at Celebration, so maybe you're out traveling this weekend and we appreciate you tuning in. And I just wanna remind everyone, you know, if you're traveling over the summer, man, just pipe right in every Sunday morning. We're live, online, please stay connected. You know what I love about summer? Summer is closer to football season than spring. That's what I love about summer. How many of you are with me? That's right, that's right. Just. Something is not right with the world until college football season kicks off. You know, there's just something missing, but we're there. and We're excited about the Jags uh, this weekend as well. Hey, let me tell you, or, the Jags this weekend, you see where my mind is. We're excited about the Jags season this year. Um, but look, I have some exciting news to share with you guys today. What we want to do is we want to kind of bring you up to speed and give you an update for a couple of minutes about our Heart for the House initiatives uh, that we kicked off last December, and uh, many of you participated in our Heart for the House offering. And you know, every year we really try to hear from God about you know where to go and, and where to expand and where uh, He would um, want us to go, you know, and expand His kingdom. And we got to see, hey, a couple of years ago, God called us to Orlando. And thank God for Celebration Orlando uh, down there right now in the midst of everything that's happening down there. Do you know Celebration Orlando in a year and a half already has almost 2,000 people attending that church? And uh, our, our church is very uh, close to where the attack uh, took place last night. And, uh, and so, man, we just wanna pray for Orlando and all that's uh, going on down there but uh, Orlando uh, was one a couple of years ago but last December it was kind of different because we had these things that, that that God was calling us to and many of you know our vision is uh, is obviously reaching the next generation with riot and our college uh, and sub-30 but also God's called us to build a gate around the city a gate of righteousness that we have you know we have our, our hub campus here. In Jacksonville, that is this location. But we build six more campuses, seven total churches around our city, and put a gate of righteousness around our city. You know, and uh, and God's been faithful to that. It's important. Look, you have got to you've got to have a gate. If you have a, a a gate or a fence in your yard, what a fence is, what a gates do. It keeps certain things in, and it keeps certain things out. And we want more of Jesus in, and we want more of wickedness out. Come on, can I have a good amen to that? And uh, and God's called us to do that in, in Jacksonville. He's called us to do that in Orlando. And he's also called us to do that in Fort Lauderdale. And that was one of the initiatives that we have. And so I'm pleased to announce today that Fort Lauderdale has gone so well. We almost have, it's like a hundred people uh, that have been coming to just those monthly Wednesday worship and information gatherings. We had our first membership class a few weeks ago, and so Fort Lauderdale is is opening publicly or official or on the weekend, you could say, starting Sunday, September 11th. Come on, give God a hand for that. Isn't that great? And uh, we wanted to say that, and then I wanted to, to bring you up to speed on some other things because... Never before, really, I think, in in our church history, maybe with the exception when we were building the arena, has our vision been so crystal clear. I mean, we are on point and we are on mission. The only thing that we brought up at Heart for the House that is still uh, kind of vague is, is our beaches location. We still have options out there. That's the only thing that's not landed. Everything else has landed. So can I just walk you through those? Things for a couple of minutes. And so, first of all, many of you know our brand new Orange Park Westside location. Let me show you that right now. We're really excited about this. Okay, many of you know we were kind of, we didn't know we are gonna build a new building. We had that land uh, off of 295 and in uh, 17, but man, we found this warehouse that we're building out uh, it's just gonna be much better. It's much bigger. It's got better parking. It's got better egress. And look, it's just, it's just one block over from 295 and 17. It's right off of, what are you doing? I didn't even touch this. <laughs> look what they got me. So, so they got me this touch screen so I wouldn't yell at them for getting it wrong <laughs> anymore. Don't give away my big reveal stuff. So, I forgive you, I, I have to, I'm a pastor. So anyway, <laughs> look, look, look where this is though. Many of you don't know the location. Look, this is right on the corner of Blanding and I-295. How about that? Is that, is that awesome? And so, listen to me, Orange Park. It's actually, technically, it's just like a, 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 a less than a half a mile Uh, It's technically on the west side. So what's great about this is, this is our Orange Park west side campus and we're gonna be able to pull uh, from both. And we are closing on that, are you ready? We're closing on that uh, in a couple of weeks on June 29th. So give God a hand for that. We're closing. So it's like, we're closing and we're building. So it's on, it is like game on, all right? Okay. This is a surprise This happened over the last six months, which is why it's so important. Like I always tell you guys, you ha- we have to leave room when we're you know, talking about Heart for the House and, and raising finances. You have to re- leave room for the God factor because there's almost always a God factor. And we had a big God factor this year, and that is this. We are opening Celebration Amelia Island. Come on, look at this. That that is the Fernandina. This is right in the heart of the of the town, Fernandina, there on Amelia Allen. That is the former First Baptist Church. It was built in 1894, I believe. It's a beautiful building. And how this all happened was, uh, uh, Pastor Carlos and Courtney Serrano, they're here. Y'all stand up real quick. Just waved everybody. So. They have been serving at our Orange Park campus for the last nine years. The last nine years, they've been so, so faithful. And, and Carlos's dad pastors at that church. He, he bought it from the Baptist church, and then he has a Hispanic service there at five o'clock. And uh, he's ready to bring it to his son, to the next generation. And so... It's a beautiful building, man, stained glass. We're gonna have a worship night there during Awakening. It is absolutely beautiful. We're gonna do a little bit of remodeling and, uh, and, and Pastor Carlos and Courtney are gonna open Celebration Amelia Island. Come on, how about that? So, isn't that great? So, so I need to say this, if you're from that area, Or you just want to be part of that campus, let us know. Let let Pastor Carlos know or or go to our website. And uh, Carlos, you're going to make sure and have uh, all the staff from the Ritz-Carlton come to our church, right? So that they will give pastor some free gift certificates, right? (laughs) Y'all know I like the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, deal with it deal with it. And in fact, I like it when it's free or I get a discount. Maybe I should qualify uh, like that. But I just want to throw that out there, you know, because my birthday's passed, and some of y'all didn't get me a birthday gift, and so I'm just saying, gift certificate out there, and, and I can preach at our church out there. But anyway, come on, give God a hand for this. I mean, this building just, I mean, that's like dropping... And so we're, we're starting launch team meetings and groups out there, and then it'll like public grand opening in January during awakening, okay? So that is going on. Also, man, some of you are gonna be so excited about this. Are you ready for this? We are opening back up our Midtown location, our Midtown warehouse. How many of you remember the warehouse? How many of you came to know Jesus at the warehouse or started coming to church at the warehouse? And so, man, this is just a whole God thing. So long story short, We have uh, gotten the warehouse back. It's perfect timing because we we need offices. So that's where our central offices are going to be. But more importantly, that's where Celebration College is going to be. And did you know this? Our college, Celebration College, we had 100% retention this year. None of the other SEU campuses had 100% retention And so now with people enrolling for next fall, it looks like we're gonna have 100 plus students at Celebration College next fall. And and, uh, and at the Midtown location, we can have about 500 college students and so we're so excited about that. That's right, that's, that's, that's our vision. Next gen and, and staffing all of these campuses and, and things internationally. And so we're excited about that. And we're opening back up uh, the Midtown Sanctuary. It'll be remodeled a little bit, but we're gonna open that back up uh, in September for Sunday morning services. Uh, it will be a video broadcast from here, but man, it's gonna have a great service time. Come on, Jags fans. 9.30 is a little bit too early, but 11.30 is too late. I got your 10.30 special Jags service time right at Midtown on Sunday morning. You can thank me later. Okay, so anyway. Awesome. So come on, can you give God a hand for that? I mean, all these things. But here's, here's what I need to say. Listen, listen like, the, the, like these things are on. Like it's game time, like we're closing on the OP West Side, like all these, like we're already got construction going on at Midtown, Amelia Island's opening, Fort Lauderdale is opening, like it's, it's game time. It, we're very, very clear and landed on what God's called us to over these next uh, 12 months. So I just wanna encourage you in your giving and in your heart for the house pledges. And I did wanna bring a, a, a mid year update, and that is this is that, you know, back in December, We had about $2.4 million uh, faith pledge. Some were hard commitments. Others are what we would call like a a, a faith estimate. About $2.4 million. And so far this year, we've brought in around 400,000. And so we're below where we need to be. You know, I understand when things are nebulous or fuzzy, it's, you know, it's easy to get distracted and all that, but I would just be, be open to God and just be sensitive in your hearts because uh, what was kind of vague is now crystal clear and it's game time. And uh, man, we're just honored and privileged that God would allow us to do these things and to expand into these areas and, and have a college. And so I just wanna thank you uh, for your giving at all of our locations. And uh, we're just super excited to see what God does in this next season. Church, man, we've been believing, we've been following God, and, uh, and man, it is on. It's game time. And so, uh, that was a little bit longer than a few minutes, huh? Okay, are y'all ready to go through the message quick today? Come on, 930, y'all. We, we, let's, uh, all right, if you have your Bibles, you can take them out. If not, you can follow me on the screen, and I'm gonna kind of Try to go quickly here. But if I had a title for this message, it would be Planning for Success. Planning for Success. How many of you know success doesn't come by accident? You have to plan for success. You have to work for success. And God wants you to be successful. God has a a, 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 a hope wants to give you a hope and a future and, and, and He wants you to be fruitful and successful. So I want to entitle this message Planning. For success. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, Lord, in these next 22 minutes, God. I just thank you that your word is gonna do the work, Lord. Help us get a revelation of Jesus, Lord, and what it means to be good stewards in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen amen and Amen. All right, I wanna just kinda give you an overview. Uh, real quick and talk to you about stewardship and giving, stewardship and giving. And I want to be real, real clear here. How many of you have, you've kind of, you know, heard things out there like, you know, the church is always talking about money and the church wants your money. The church wants your money. Just raise your hand if you've heard that uh, out there before. I want to be really clear here about that question. Does the church want your money? And the answer is yes. Yes. Yes, we want your money. And you know who else wants your money? The town center, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, Publix, the restaurant that you're gonna go eat at out there. Why? Because we understand that without money, we cannot further our calls or build what we're building. So I want to be really, really clear about this issue of money. Here's what Jesus wants Jesus wants your heart. If he has your heart, your finances, or you being obedient in the area of your finances, that's gonna be a byproduct of that. But it's amazing, it's like, you know, for some people, and not a lot with celebration, I mean, because you guys, you guys understand God first and all that, and you understand it takes money. Uh, to advance God's kingdom and to plant churches in Orlando and all that kind of stuff. But it's just amazing. You know, as many years as I've been a pastor, like the things that I'll hear about churches and money, oh, I can't believe they're building that or they're doing this or they're doing that. But then I won't hear anything about just crazy things that people do with money. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm an LSU Tiger fan. That's right, deal with that. Many of y'all know that. I went to LSU. We are gonna totally dominate this year. I can't wait. But listen to this, listen to this. Two years ago, you ready for this? LSU's mascot, Mike the Tiger. He's a real tiger, okay? Two years ago, LSU was like, he's got a nice cage. I've been there several times. His cage is good, but LSU was like, no. We wanna do a new cage for Mike. We're gonna build a $3 million tiger cage for Mike. Let me tell you something about Louisiana. We're like last in education, last in infrastructure, last in all this stuff. I mean, the, 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 the state is bank, basically going bankrupt, but oh my gosh, Mike the tiger, he needs a new cage. I did not hear one LSU fan say one complaint about Mike the tiger's million cage. But oh my gosh, a church is raising $3 million so that they can reach people with the gospel of Jesus and transform lives for eternity and build gates and reach the youth and all that. Oh man, that's... You see where I'm coming from? So this is what we have to understand here, okay? This principle of stewardship, and that is this. God owns everything... And we're stewards or managers. This is All these parables you see in the New Testament that Jesus is always talking about, you know, the, uh, the, the steward, the manager, the parable, of the talents. It's all about this principle of us understanding God is the owner and that we're the stewards. If you don't understand or believe this truth, then the, the financial component of walking with Jesus, there's gonna be a bit of a disconnect there. So let me, I could give you a lot of scriptures, uh, but I just... I want to start with this one here, Psalm 24, 1, because it kind of says it all. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, any questions? The world and what? Those who what? Dwell therein. The entire world, all of us, everything that God created, God is also the owner. He owns it. You might say, well, you know, I'm a self-made man and I I built my stuff and all that and God didn't help me. Let me tell you something. If God would not have allowed you to breathe his air, you wouldn't have lasted five minutes on this earth. God gave you air. (laughs) He gave you intellect. He gave you gifts. He gave you abilities. In fact, he created you in that way that you could go out and that you could earn a living. God wants us to understand that, look, everything that we have is from God. But look, all of the stuff, our stuff, our resources, our money, all that, watch. One day it won't be here. We're temporary stewards of God's resources during our short time on this earth. And once you understand that, that opens the door for you to understand a whole lot of things and what the Bible calls tithing, what the Bible calls giving and things like that. So I wanna just show you a few scriptures uh, on that. I wanna give you a scripture out of Genesis chapter four. A lot of people say, well, tithing is Old Testament. Tithing's not Old Testament. Tithing, I'm gonna show you Genesis chapter four. Tithing started way before the Old Testament. It started before any covenants. Tithing is an eternal, immutable principle that even though it involves money, it's really not about money. It's about worship, and it's about who's first in your life. And we see it right back here in Genesis chapter four. And by the way, if you're new to Celebration if you're wondering if we, if there's, there's two things that a lot of churches don't talk about that we will talk about, and that's sex and money. And that's where most of the problems and issues we have lie in those two things, okay? Sex and money. So we talk about them, and we talk about them a lot. So if you don't want to talk about them, even though I know that's probably the, the two main things that you're thinking about all the time, No, I'm I'm sure there's another church down the road that give you some nice fluffy message or whatever. Here we go. Genesis before the law, before Moses, before but the Old Testament, anything. Look at this. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And she bore again. See, Adam. He was thinking about sex all the time. I mean, he, you know, he got even now, he's rolling. Okay, so. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, everybody say process of time. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought, look at this, the firstborn, everybody say firstborn. The firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, this is God speaking to Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, look, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Let me tell you what's going on right here. Genesis, right in the beginning, two brothers, Cain and Abel, each of them bring an offering to the Lord. It's an act of worship. Both of these things was, back in those days, this was from their finances, their resource pool, but it's very interesting. The Bible says that Abel brought the firstborn, the first of his flocks. Here's what that means. Here's what that means whatever animal had that baby, before Abel knew, okay, is this animal gonna produce, is this the only one? Is it gonna produce 10? Before he knew anything about the rest of what this animal was gonna bring him financial-wise, the first animal that came out of the womb, that offering, the first, look, he brought it to the Lord. But the Bible says that Cain, in the process of time brought an offering to the Lord. In other words, Abel gave God the first. Cain, okay, let me see what I have around. Let me see what's left over. Okay, I'm good, I got my stuff. I'll bring this to the Lord. And the Bible says that God wouldn't accept, God would not accept or respect Cain's offering. Why? This is so important that you understand this. This is the principle of the tithe. It is this. God must be first. He will not or cannot be second. Do you see? He must be first. And God is telling Cain, Cain, look, if you want to be blessed, if you want me to respect this offering and bless you with it, I need you to get your priorities right. I need you to understand the principle of order. And we talk about this in living the God first life. And that's this. When order is restored, blessing is released. Do you see? God's like, he's basically saying, Cain, you can't bring me the leftovers and expect me to receive that, that like I'm first in your life. And then he goes on to say this. God says, Cain, You gotta understand this. This is much bigger than money, okay? This is a sin issue. This is a heart issue. If you don't get this issue right, sin is right there ready to take you. And you have to see this as a sin issue and make it right so that you rule over it. So came that I am Lord of your life, Not yourself, not your money, not the sin of idolatry, not the sin of greed. Cain, I've instituted a pragmatic way that can direct your heart where you can put into practice that I'm Lord of your life and not your money and possessions. This is Genesis chapter four, okay? Way before the law. Let me give you a, a few more here. Genesis 14. Then Melchizedek. Okay, so, so remember Abram, he just, had, he just won this great victory. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, if you read in Hebrews, Hebrews talks about that this uh, Melchizedek, he was a type and shadow of Jesus, that Jesus is our high priest. So this is a type and shadow of Jesus being our high priest, us being Abraham, this is, this is a foreshadowing of communion, bread and wine. Look at this. It says, he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Do you see the blessing? How many of you know Jesus wants to bless us? Jesus is our high priest. Bread and wine. This represents we have communion. We have a relationship with Jesus. See, this is this is relational giving. So he, he 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 blesses him. Look at the look exactly what it's connected to in verse twenty. It says, "And blessed be the God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand." And look, he speaking of Abram gave him what a tithe or a tenth of what of all of everything. Right here in Genesis chapter 14, Abram just has this great victory, and right here in what he's got all these, uh, this victory right here in Genesis chapter 14, two things are connected the tithe and God's blessing. And by doing that, what Abram was saying is, Lord, this great victory and my life and my stuff and all this, I understand that I did not get this by my own power, but you have given me the ability to win this battle and to accumulate these things. And I wanna be real clear that these things are not the Lord of my life, but you are Lord of my life. So I'm gonna give you a tithe or a 10th of all. You following me? Very, very important. Let's look at another one here. Malachi. That's the Cajun pronunciation. Of, of Malachi. Watch this. This is God speaking. And I know this is kind of the famous tithing verse, but I need to connect all these things for you. I'm, I'm heading somewhere. Fist bump somebody and say, He's heading somewhere. He's heading somewhere. Look, will a man rob God? Yet yeah, you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? Look what God says in tithes and offerings. A lot of times God says, you know, we think of, we, we withhold the tithe we're robbing, but you know what? When God speaks to you about an offering and calls you to give something and you don't give it, God's saying it's robbing me. Why? Back to the first point in, in, in Psalm 24. Why? God owns everything. So when we tithe, we're really not giving. We're really returning a small portion of what belongs to God, so that we can show God that money, what the Bible calls the God of mammon, and greed, and idolatry, and these things. Lord, I'm gonna prove to you these things are not Lord of my life, but you are. God, I'm gonna prove to you that you are first in my life. I'm gonna institute this practice, and it's gonna help me keep my heart right. A lot of times we think that where the heart is, there the treasure will follow. Jesus says where your treasure is, your heart will follow. It helps keep your heart right. How many of you have ever experienced that? You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, what? You you invest in a stock? All of a sudden, you're checking the stock market every day. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you lost some money in some high risk, overseas, shady stock dealings? But you think about it, wherever your money goes, that's where your heart goes. That's why money or the spirit behind money mammon, it's what, it controls the world. It rules people. It's not going to be that way with God's people. We're going to show God that he's Lord of our lives by giving or returning to him what belongs to him. And God's being real clear here. Look, he's saying, if you don't return it to me, you're robbing me. You're stealing from me. He says, you're cursed with a curse. We saw that with Cain. It wasn't like God came down and said, you're cursed for the offering, or what, what, but what is it? We don't have God's blessing. Where order is restored, blessing is released. God cannot be second, okay? He says, you're cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Look, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that so there may be food in my house and try me now in this, or test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Do you believe this verse? Do you believe this verse? Here's what we do at Celebration. First of all, let me say this. The storehouse, back in these days, the storehouse was in local communities. The storehouse is where you can bring your tithe. The storehouse was a foreshadowing of the local church. It's where you get fed. Where does your tithe, your 10% belong? Where does it belong? It belongs in your local church. If Celebration Church is your home church, you tithe here. If you're visiting, if you're from another church, you, you tithe at your home church. You do not tithe here. And what God is saying is this, if you don't believe this is the only commandment where the God says, why don't you try it out? Why don't you test me? So you know what we have at celebration? We tried to put that into practice to help people. So what we have is we have uh, the, the, the six week tithing challenge. What's a period of testing? 40, the uh, flood, 40 days, rain, 40 days, 40 nights. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, about six weeks. So here's what he, we say, you start tithing, If you don't see some kind of breakthrough, some kind of blessing, like you, I mean, you get it, like it's happening. If you don't see that within six weeks, guess what? We'll give you all your money back. Now what are you gonna do? Do you know, we've been offering this for years. Only one time did somebody ask for their money back. And I don't know why they asked for it back, but. They did. Now, don't be coming up here saying, oh yeah, I gave some money three years ago. Uh. <laughs> we had somebody try to do that too. Look, but he wants to bless you. Keep going here. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit. For you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Of host. One more, one more, and then we're gonna do some quick fill in the blanks. Luke 16 9. This is Jesus saying, watch this, okay? So when they're saying tithe is an act of worship, tithe is not only 10%, it's the first 10%, it's putting God first. Look what Jesus says. I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. He's talking about money. Mammon is the spirit behind money that controls people. Money is amoral. Money is not evil. The love of money is a root for all kinds of evil. Money is amoral. You can use it to build a hospital or a strip club. You can use it to uh, uh, buy drugs or do a missions outreach. It's amoral. God wants to bless you. He wants you to have, I believe, he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have a surplus of money so that you can use your money in the right way. How are you gonna prove to God that you can be faithful with that? Look what he says. Make friends, well, uh, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, when you die, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, do you understand your money? If you tithe, if you give, if you use your money correctly, you can convert this very temporary thing into eternal reward." that you can use it for souls, that you can reach people with it. And then when you get to heaven, guess what? You're gonna meet those people. They're gonna say, thanks so much for giving to Orlando. Thanks so much for giving to Fort Lauderdale. Thanks so much for giving to Zimbabwe. Thanks so much for, for giving to Serve Day. Thanks so much for giving your money, for putting God first, for tithing and giving offerings. Because look at all of the people that you reach with that and great will be your reward in heaven. I'm gonna get to this in a in a moment, but that, that's what we gotta understand. Look, giving is not businessmen. Listen to me, giving is not an expense. Giving's an investment. Sometimes I talk to business guys. It's like it's like an expense. It's not. Listen, you know how hard some of you plan for retirement? You know how hard some of you are planning for success in the latter part of your life, or what you're gonna leave on earth, or all that. Do you understand? All that's gonna burn up. Jesus said, don't lay up treasures here on earth where it's gonna be corrupted. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus says this, you give a cup of cold water in my name, you won't lose your reward. Some of you might have a decent earthly portfolio. Let me ask you this, how's your heavenly portfolio? Because that is the one that matters. That is the one that matters. And I can't wait till we get to heaven, and I'm going to see some of you at the throne room standing before Jesus, and you're going to have all these rewards, and you're going to have all, all this, the, these things, and I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to be like, I told you so. <laughs> and A lot of times we have this attitude about money, like, well, you know, I need to save all this up so I can leave this for my kids, or... Grandkids, an inheritance is good, but can I tell you this? What we deposit into our kids is so much more important than what we deposit for. Okay, I'm moving along. I'm almost to my first close. Close. Look, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful in also much. He who is unjust in least is, is also unjust in much. Well, I'll tithe when I get more money. No, you won't. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, if you haven't been faithful with your money, if you haven't put me first with your money, Who will commit to your trust the true riches? There's so many more things God wants to give you. But what he's saying is there's something about tithing, there's something about money because it's connected to our heart and it represents our energy. There's something about this pragmatic practice that God has instituted. It does something to our hearts and spiritual walk where we submit to God and we trust him and therefore God's even able to bless us with even greater Things. Not even talking about financial blessings. If you've been faithful in what is another man's, God's, or if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will, he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Look, back to Cain and Abel. You cannot serve God and mammon. Spirit behind money, your money. Here's what God's saying. I will not be second. I will not. This word hate here it doesn't mean I'm gonna hate money. What it means is it's, it, it, it means not to choose. What God's saying is you have a decision who and what is gonna be first in your life. And the way that you show me that I am first is by how you steward your money. Okay, let me give you. And you can't have it both ways. He just, that's what he was telling Cain. Look, I've got 10, $10 bills here. Okay, now, real quick, 10, $10 bills, $100, right? Okay, so what is the tithe? 10%, right? But it's not. Any $10 bill is it? It's the what? The first. The first 10. Here's what this means. When I make $100, before I even look at my bills, before I even think about what else is going on, guess what? That first 10 goes to God. It is his sacred portion. It is an act of worship. It is what secures his blessing over my finances And it's what helps keep my heart in the right place with Jesus being Lord of my life and not stuff. Are you following me? Okay, it's the first 10. That's why the Bible says the tithe is holy. It's sacred. It has the power to bless or to curse. It's it's holy. It's an act of worship, okay? So watch this. You're gonna understand this. All right, I'm going out into the audience here. Oh, yeah. What's your name? Brandon. Brandon. Stovall. Candace. Candace. Are y'all married? Okay. Brandon and Candace. I'm going to provide you with this $100. Take it. He said, Thank you. Did you hear that? Last night I gave it to a guy. He's like, I had to walk back on the stage. I'm like, how about a thank you? He's like, oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, I give that to you. Can I just have $10 back? Thank you. you, you, you $90, y'all going out to dinner tonight? I mean, I'm, come on, Candace, I'm waiting. <laughs> now watch this. I gave Brandon $100, right? So when I went and asked Brandon for 10 back, wouldn't, didn't you think like, yeah, give him 10 back? Like how many of y'all thought that was the, yeah. that was the right thing to do? If Brandon would have been like, no. <laughs> do you see? If it even would have been like, no, what would we have all thought? Man, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> we all be thinking like, man, Candace has it rough. Wrong with that guy. <laughs> the reason that it was so obvious to all of us that Brandon should give me the10 dollars back is because I just gave him a hundred. It's the same thing with God. but we have to see that illustration with the eyes of faith. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? But it's the exact same thing. God gives us this and he's saying, can I have 10 back? And did you see in the little, remember, we have a relationship with Jesus. This is biblical relational. giving. Did you see what happened between me and Brandon and Candice and this kind of whole exchange? There were some thank yous. There was some more conversation. Are you following me? Do you see how money and the heart enabled a continued engagement? See, it's an act of worship. It keeps your heart engaged in God. Candace, make sure he takes you out to dinner on that, on that money, all right? Y'all give him a hand. Okay, real quick, I've gotta close. In seven minutes. Here we go. Oh, I gave away my point. Double tap, I can go back. Y'all like my new toy? All right. So watch this. Let me just give you four things. Okay. I'm talking about, okay, this giving. What 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 does it look like? Biblical giving, Christian giving, okay. Just I want to remind you, we understand this worship and 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 and, and uh, it's, it's putting God first, but what, I just four things real quick. I want to remind everyone. We give from passion. Everybody say passion. It's an act of worship. And don't we give to what we're passionate about? Definitely. How many of you are Gators fans? Florida State fans? Jag fans? Anybody have tickets? Tickets. Mm-hmm. How many of you spent some money on your college football team, the Jags football team, what you're passionate about? And you should. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just showing you, we spend money on what we're passionate about. Man, I like hunting. I like fishing, man. If you looked in my ledger, I've spent some money on hunting and fishing. Oh, y'all don't want me to do that either? No, pastor, you work 80 to 90 hours a week, no Rich Carlton gift certificate for you, no more hunting, no more fishing. (laughs) You know what, I've been tithing and giving since I got saved. I've been tithing and giving for 27 years now. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed with income outside of this church. I'm, I'm, my life is full. And I can tell you this, that outside of receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, tithing ha- and giving have been the most powerful catalyst of my sustained spiritual growth than anything else. <laughs> outside of Jesus, I put tithing and giving right there with Bible reading and worship, it's that important for your heart and spiritual growth. So we give from passion, amen? That's why the Lord, God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, God loves a a angry giver too, but (laughs) he he wants you to, when you understand the why behind the what, you ought to be excited about it. Look, we give from priority, everybody say priority. Here's, Here's what I'm saying. When you prioritize something, <laughs> there's going to be money for that. Some of you are thinking this, I just, I just don't have the, the money to tithe. Why? Let me ask you this question. If you had a sick child and the medicine to keep them healthy or alive was going to cost 10% of your income, how many of you would find a way? Come on, parents. How many of you would find a way? Because that is the priority. If you had a lost child, I'll never forget when Stovey was like three, we thought we lost him. Oh my gosh. It was a nightmare. We found him. (laughs) He was hiding in some pillows. (laughs) About died. (laughs) What? If you had a lost child, how many of you, if it was gonna cost 10% a month of your finances to get your child back? How many of you would find a way to do that? How many of you would liquidate your bank account and live on the street if you had to, to find your child? Doesn't Jesus have lost children out there? Aren't they lost sheep? Didn't he say that I've come for the sick and come for the healthy? I've come for the sick. You see what God's asking of us? He wants our heart to align with his heart and understand in this temporary world what is really important. And when you understand that God's children are lost and sick and hurting, you will prioritize the tithe and you will find a way to get it done. Look, we give to Purpose, we talked about that. I, I, I know, look, it's, people give to lots of things, I'm all for it. Give to the Mike the Tiger Cage, uh, give to the Bird Watchers Society, give to you know Florida to do another club stadium and give to, yeah, do give to Florida State so they keep Jimbo Fisher as their head coach and not, because I don't want LSU's coach to go yet. But what I'm trying to say is There's a lot of good causes out there. There's no cause greater than souls and eternity and the gospel of Jesus. We give to purpose. And last thing, this is my real close. Oh yeah, biblical giving is an investment, not an expense. And the last thing, we give by planning. Everybody say planning. Okay, look, let me read you one scripture. Here's what Paul is saying to the church in Corinth. Their Heart for the House initiative in this passage, if I could use that language, was the church in Jerusalem. He was taking up this offering, and it was gonna go towards building health and expanding and meeting needs for the church in Jerusalem. And look what he says here. He says, therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift before him, which you had previously promised. Look, previously promised. They had like some kind of faith pledge, some kind of heart for the house. They said, hey, yeah, we're gonna gonna give this. He says, I'm gonna send these guys before him, look, that they may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one gives as he purposes in his heart. This is not talking about the tithe. This is talking about an over and above offering. The tithe is clear. It's the first 10%. This is an over and above offering. You pray, you hear from God, and what? You plan it. Everybody say plan. You plan it. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, once again, he wants to bless you if you're faithful and obedient to him in your finances. Sufficiency in all things, you may have abundance for every good work. Let me tell you about planned giving. Planned giving is the highest form of giving. It is the highest form of giving. What I mean by that is, look, it's easy to put a starving, put put one of our kids from Zimbabwe, a starving kid on the screen or a city ravaged by a hurricane and, and us respond emotionally to that need. Anybody can do that. And we should do that, okay? But planned giving is the highest form of spiritual giving. And that's where you do this. You say, look, man, I know. Yeah, we've got kids in Zimbabwe. There's all these things. You, you, you plan the tithe. And then also for your offering, you plan the offering. Let me tell you what Carrie and I do every year. First of all, we get our tithe taken out just out of our bank account on reoccurring giving, and then we also do it so we don't even think about it. I don't even wanna think about robbing God. I don't wanna take any chance of forgetting whatever like that. I don't even wanna mess with that. We do that at the beginning of the year, and now what we do is we pray, and we, what does God tell us? We purpose in our heart. Here's what we're giving for Heart for the House this year, and we have that taken out monthly on reoccurring giving because what happened to these people, or what Paul's warning these people about, Carrie and I have experienced that. Here's what Paul's saying is, look, if y'all don't start putting things aside right now, when I show up for this offering, y'all aren't gonna be prepared. And then it's gonna be last minute and everyone's gonna be like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna do this and all that? That's what, he's not telling me, he's like, no, you need to start putting things aside right now and planning this so when I show up for the offering, it's actually there. And it doesn't have to be this big ordeal. He's like, man, you need to play, play, pray and plan. That's the highest form of giving. That is spiritual faith giving. And so that's what I want to present to many of you today is to take your giving to this highest spiritual form, and that is planned giving. Okay. Not emotional, but planned. And here's how you can do that. And here's why we're doing the offering at the end. It's not to take up an extra offering, it's for this, okay? We have a new database at Celebration Church, okay? Many of you, we don't have your emails, we don't have your right information. But you know, 70% of our church uh, gives online or does reoccurring giving, it works for them. If you were on our old database, when we switched over to the new database, your reoccurring giving didn't switch over, okay? And so what we're asking everyone, if you know that we have your right email number and your right information, then you're good. But if you don't think we have your right information or your right email address, please would you fill this out? Because what we're going to do is we're going to send an email out this afternoon or tomorrow and it's going to have a link where you can go explore and you can set up online giving or reoccurring giving. You control the whole thing, but I want to help you do planned giving. You might say, well, so in kind not of, this kind of like a money thing at the end here? You know what? When, we talk, when I preach on serving, we have a serve expo out there. When I preach on groups, we have a group expo out there. When I preach on fasting, we do a fast. Come on, am I right? Okay, this is, this is to help you. We don't write checks. Some of you young people don't even know what a check is. There used to be these pieces of paper that you could write out. Everything is online now. So look, these are in the seat in front of you. Come on, I want you to take these out. There's pens in front of you. I'm giving you time. We're about to take up the offering. When the buckets are gonna go by, and you can drop these in. The buckets as they go by. So please give us your current email uh, and and your information if you don't think that we have it, but at least your email, because we are on a new database and we're really trying to get things updated and fresh. Is that good? Is that okay, everybody? See these right here? Okay, hang on, hang on. Okay, and then here's our tithing offering envelopes. And I just want to Pray right now, if you bow your head real quickly. Bow your head. Please of everyone stay in. Try, please try not to, to leave because this is a real breakthrough moment for some people. Some of you are gonna look back on this moment as one of the greatest revelations and breakthroughs in your life. How many of you would say this? You'd say, Stovall, I haven't been truly tithing, and from this day forward, I'm gonna begin to tithe. I want you to raise your hand right now. I'm not talking about in this offering. I'm just saying I'm going to begin to tithe in the future. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making that commitment to God. Raise a hand high. Raise it high. No one's looking around. Tons of hands going up. Oh God, you see these hands. Thank you for their obedience. You can put them down. How many of you would say this? You'd say, Stovall, I'm going to do planned giving as well And I'm gonna get that email or I'm gonna go on the website and I'm gonna gonna sign up for online giving or reoccurring giving with my tithe and my offering. If God's moving on your heart to do that, I want you to raise your hand right now, wherever you are. I think it's important to make commitments and decisions in the presence of God. Hands are up everywhere, everywhere. You can put them down. And the last question is this. If you don't think Jesus is really Lord of your life, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand right now. You just wanna make sure Jesus is truly your Lord and that your sins are forgiven. Would you lift a hand up real quick? And I'm gonna include you in a prayer as well. Yes, yes, raise it up. raise it out. It's not for me, it's for God. These are all for God. yes, 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 yes. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer, church, okay? And why don't we just all pray this along as a declaration of faith and help people that have raised their hands for various things. Let's all say this together, okay? Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I repent of my sin and I trust you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you for forgiveness and I thank you for everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.